0: Hello one and all, welcome to The Baggies Broadcast Season 2, Episode 17. My name is Luke Hatfield, I will be your host today, and I'm joined by a man everyone knows and loves now, Mr Matt Wilson, our Albion reporter. Matt, how are you? I'm very well, a bit concerned that everyone loves me. Um, rather than love you than hate you, yeah? Uh, that's true, yeah, that's true. <laughs> how, was, how was your weekend, alright?
1: Uh, yeah, very good, thanks. What did I do? Um, oh, I was I just spent a lot of time with the, with the family. Mm. Um on the Saturday I managed to catch a bit of the uh, the rugby in the evening and uh, Sunday I was actually working
0: Oh really well dreaded international break um, how do reporters manage with no with no game on a weekend what, what, what do you have any tricks which you use to try and try and spread stories out through the two weeks
1: um, you normally just sort of get the DIY done on the house and <laughs> put your life back in order you know um, a Saturday game if you're going to get technical um, for us is, is, is a massive undertaking because mm. as well as the online stuff that we do um, with sort of on the whistle match reports post match analysis post match videos post match everything um, we also have a massive supplement that we put in the Monday paper which includes you know player ratings um, yeah. key moments analysis um, reaction all, all these sort of things so a Saturday shift is, is 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 quite quite a burden. Um, midweek games are a little easier, yeah, uh, because of the immediate demands of uh, print demands that you you know you don't have the time to to put together that supplement when you when you need the paper to go to bed at half ten. So um, they're slightly more frantic, mm-hmm. but there's slightly less work to do. Um, so over the international break, what do you do well it gives you a chance to do more sort of featurey things you know we've got a nice piece going into into tomorrow's paper about um, a couple of who have, who have um, been asked by the, the Albion Foundation to draw um, heroes of the, of the club past and present Panini's cheapskates if you, and if you haven't seen what they've done I suggest you go and look it up online it's fantastic stuff mm. um, we interviewed Dwight Gale last week um, did an extensive sort of interview with him over two days um, so it gives you an opportunity to sort of delve a little bit more deeper into certain issues you know we've been covering the um, the proposed championship breakaway which, which West Brom and, and Aston Villa have been almost leading uh, or, or part of the rebel groups uh, we've been covering that extensively over the break as well so um, as well as giving me an opportunity to to clean the house mm. you know it gives you a chance to do something a bit
0: more considered yeah, it certainly does. Um, you, you said you managed to play forty-five minutes for your Saturday League team a couple of weeks back. Did you get any time on the pitch this time? No, because
1: unfortunately, all the uh, the whole team was going to Cheltenham. Oh dear! And I, I was supposed to go, but then um, I, I had to stay and look after some young children. So
0: well, you might get an opportunity this weekend.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, the 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 only upside, and I mean, I mean this literally, the only upside of having no um, what's it five Saturdays off in a row is that I might actually be able to dust the boots off and play some proper football on a Saturday afternoon. But um, yeah, I, I really feel for the fans in this run because uh, the next five games are Friday, Wednesday, Monday, Friday, Friday. Mm. And they've got to go to Ipswich, Sheffield United and Swansea in that run. I mean, if anyone's going to all five of those games, you know, hats off to you because it, that's a lot of money in the lead up to Christmas. Um, it's a lot of travelling. And it's you know at God for hours. You know a lot of people won't get back from Mitswich till the middle of the night. So yeah, I just I just think it's it's um, you know I understand why West Brom are being picked for the TV TV game considering the amount of goals they're scoring and also letting in. Um, you know they are the the English football's great entertainers at the moment. Yeah, but it's 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 not great for the fans and 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 it's unfortunately it's a vicious circle because those fans are what make the atmosphere you know um if anyone watched that behind behind closed doors games that england played um the other month Mm. you know without the fans it feels weird yeah so you know they make they make the product that then these tv companies then sell back to the fans um but it's reliant on on the diehards who pay through the nose and um you know Take time off work to do these trips, that you know that, that that make the game. So, yeah, it's 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 not an ideal situation. Hopefully, um, after after Christmas, after the festive period, it might get a bit better. But I wouldn't bet against it.
0: Yeah, certainly wouldn't. Way I'll be in a plane, and considering that they are uh, up and amongst it, you know, battling for playoff spots, maybe promotion. You think Sky have probably got West Brom's number on speed dial at the moment? Um,
1: Absolutely. Them and Leeds and Villa are the, seem to be the big draws at the moment.
0: Yeah, that's it. And I mean, given a, over, it was over an international break this week, Matt, should we get a quick catch up on which Albion players have been out on international duty? Do you want to give us a bit of a heads up on that? <sighs> well, you're asking me a good
1: question there. Almir has been playing for Egypt, mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Phillips has gone to Scotland. So. Um, Scotland are playing tonight, so people that are listening to this might already know what happened. But if they beat Israel, they can they can win their group and get promoted, yeah. which is which will be good. And also, I think it also puts them in the pot for a potential qualification for the Euros, which is fantastic for them because it's been 20 years since they've been to major tournaments. So if Matt Phillips can have a, an impact on that, that'd be great. Obviously, Albion fans will be hoping that he doesn't do anything to his. Um, Hamstrings, you know yeah. that, that <laughs> notoriously um, seem to be capable of blowing up at any any time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially considering, I think you know we found a new role for him against Leeds United, where he played this sort of central midfield role, or at yeah. least part of a of a central midfield three. And uh, I've spoken to a few people, who, you know, and I would agree that that, that was a masterstroke. Really, uh, yeah. and gave Albin a lot more dynamism and pace and power in, in, in central midfield and, and re- was re- was one of the key reasons behind that victory over Leeds and it'll be interesting to see if they, they continue with that um, against Ipswich on Friday.
0: Yeah, certainly will be. It's a bit of a position, I, I mean, I certainly didn't expect to see him cop up there, I imagine you didn't either, um, but he is a player who can offer a lot of dynamism and in that midfield role he really did flourish, didn't he? Yeah, I think what Phillips is good at and obviously he's played wing-back for
1: most of the season and he's played quite a deep wing backs, almost a wing-back system for Tony Pulis as well he's good at running from deep yeah. and he's not afraid to take players on or sometimes take two or three players on mm-hmm. um, I would contrast that with Oliver Burke who when he, he runs from deep seems to run into traffic whereas Philip seems to have a clear idea in his mind of what he's going to do he loves to run at players he loves to try and beat them and, and, and actually he's very good at it and more often than not he might not actually beat them yeah. but he, he he beats them enough to get a cross in or to get a pass away or he's he, sensible enough to retain possession and recycle it and pass it back to Livermore or something
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that's what he's good at so having playing him there um, against a team you knew were going to try and control possession just gave them you know counter-attacking potential um, beyond belief rather than playing him sort of further up yeah um, you know as one of the front three Because that's where they use sort of Robson carno to to almost win, you know, to almost knock the ball down to Phillips and get him going. I mean, yeah, it worked. It worked really well against Leeds, and we wait to see whether they whether it works well against others. You know, um, I've just been listening to Graham Jones on Talk Sport, Mm. and um, he said some interesting things um, that might not necessarily go down well with with everyone. You know, he he described the Leeds approach as a one-off, which you know, I think actually. That needs to be replicated now, um, mm. moving forward. Um, it shouldn't be seen as just a, a, a tactics to play against Leeds. I think it's the way forward for this team, and it plays to their strengths. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, particularly maybe not with Gail on the pitch so much as Robson Carney, but particularly with the back four. Yeah, you know, passing it out from the back does not suit Higazi and Dawson and Carl Bartley. but the more direct approach they played against Leeds does does suit them. Um, so. Be interesting to see how they set up against uh, Ipswich, um, based on what based on what Graham Jones was saying, certainly. I mean to be fair to him, he did say that you know, we need to have many faces in the championship. We're gonna come up against many different types of opposition. And Darren Moore himself has said we need to be flexible. And obviously the ideal and and, and the end game should be to be to be a master of both of those yeah. systems, and that gives you the greater opportunity of 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 finding a way of beating the majority of opponents. But yeah, I think that that phraseology of it's a one-off will will probably send jitters um, up the Albion fans' spines and, and Dawson and Hagazi's palms might be sweating under the <laughs> under the thought of passing the ball out from the back again.
0: Yeah, they may well be. I mean, and it was quite a contrast, wasn't it? Because we saw the 4-3-3, which is my personal FIFA 19 formation at the moment, by the way. Okay. Um, come in, and it's been massively effective in FIFA. Um, Has it? But it was it was right. it was quite effective for Albion as well. Okay, but more importantly on FIFA. Yeah, more importantly. Right. Um, okay. So why is it so effective on FIFA? It's just so direct, so direct. Right. Whenever. Okay. I'm, I mean, we're talking about FIFA, but in real life, I mean, the Albion game it was almost equally in in the way that it's very direct. You get the ball forward quickly. You don't need possession to make it effective. Um, I see. And obviously we saw that against Leeds. <laughs> um, I didn't realize we I'd be delving into my, my FIFA strategies so much in well, this podcast. But um, we saw it, it was very effective, but it does contrast massively to the three at the back, which we saw from Albion. It's very odd to see a manager bring a formation change like that, which is so drastically different.
1: But you've got to remember who they were up against. Yeah. Leeds, Leeds and Marcelo Bielsa play a certain way. And he 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 has gone on record. He will not deviate away. He believes in that process he, to to the point where when they're behind, he won't even throw on a second striker. He will take off as you saw against Albion. He took off Ruth and bought on Roberts. He does not deviate away from his philosophy. He's stubborn in that regards. Um, you know, it's a philosophy that's that's got garnered him a lot of success. So I can understand it, suppose. Um, but what I thought was great about that week, that win against Leeds was Darren Moore swallowed his pride mm. and played the system um, at home, that's lest we forget that allowed Leeds to have the ball, but played into Albion's hands and it was the perfect tactical system, um, switch for that game. Now there is a genuine question whether it's the right whether it will be the right um, you know approach for. For example, Ipswich bottom of the table. They're probably going to sit back and try and frustrate Albion. Yep. I would guess. I mean, they are at home, but I would guess that's what they're going to try and do. So um, there is a there is a genuine question whether it can it can replicate that. But I wonder if playing a four three three in that way and sort of away from home would invite Ipswich to come on to them a little bit, and then they can hit them on mm. the break. Um, you know, we've seen counter-attacking football in, in recent years being incredibly effective. Leicester City won the league with it. Um, Liverpool almost won the Champions League with it. You know, it's it's it, it should not be beneath Albion to play it. Mm. Um, so, I'm mean, I'm really intrigued to see how they go. Obviously, for me, I think the ideal is to master both, as I, as I've just said. Um, but I would be nervous about going straight back to the three four one two and and the passing it out from the back because for me, the players. Gave the coaching staff the answer on Saturday mm. because it wasn't just it wasn't just the tactics that beat Leeds. It was the players yeah. who responded to those tactics and, and and those instructions, and they gave a performance that shouted, "We like this. We want to play like this. This is how we feel comfortable." Um, and I think you saw that in in, in the performances are pretty much across the board from everybody, but not least the likes of Dawson, Higazi, um, Livermore uh, Rodriguez I mean across the board I just think from back to front they looked more comfortable with it
0: Yeah just a cry and shame they couldn't keep a clean sheet um, which you know it was, it was you wanted you wanted them desperately to keep that clean sheet because when, when they went so far ahead you thought alright get a clean sheet now everyone's going to be happy um, it was Pablo Hernandez wasn't it who got the header over Johnson Bit of a shame that because it would have been a nice confidence boost for the back four. I, mean, I imagine they were more confident in the way they were playing. They were more short in the way yeah, they were playing. Yeah,
1: I think it's, I think, I
0: think I had an
1: interesting chat with Don Goodman this week and he said, um, you know, these days coaches look at performance levels rather than results. Or um, well, that's the modern way. Yeah. Um, because the results will come and you think about the likes of like Eddie Howe, that's what he does, you know. Mm. Yeah, yes, it's a results-based industry and yes, you know, you have to win games but I think... What what made the Leeds results so um, so reassuring is that that was the most complete performance of the season. You know, we've come away from games where Albion have scored four goals, Bristol City, Reading, and you've been like, yeah, it's great to score four goals. Yeah. but Norwich as
0: well. Yeah, but, Nor- Norwich one was but, a big one. But, yeah, but,
1: but is it really as good as it? Is it actually as good as it looks? You know, I mean, um, I was speaking to. Uh, Claire Astle, um, or Claire Wheeler, I should say, but Jeff Astle's daughter, who's a season ticket holder tw- for 20 years this week, and she said that even after the QPR game, when they, they, they won 7-1, she was concerned about certain aspects. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, she's been watching now, been for 20 years, so, uh, you know, she, she knows what she's talking about. Um, I, 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 I do wonder whether this... Insistence or this this idea of playing pure football, and this is the way we have to play to break teams down. Um, I don't know if it's arrogance, um, but it might be slightly because mm. actually there's a number of very good sides in the championship that play a number of very different ways. It's not all you know resolute four four twos back to the wall, and you and you have to you have to um, accommodate yourself or at least or at least impose a style that you fit, that fits the players rather than impose a style that may may not fit the players. I think it'd be interesting to see where they go with the team um, in in the coming weeks because, you know, okay, Ipswich, you expect them to beat Ipswich, but they lost to Holloway. Um, yeah. And then after that, you've got Swansea. That's difficult, away from home, very difficult. They're just on the cusp of the playoffs. Um, and you've got Brentford. Okay, they've fallen off since Smith went to Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got then you've got Villa themselves and Sheffield United. I mean, two huge games. Yeah, serious one there. And that, is, that will be a barometer of how far they've come. I mean, the Leeds game was a fantastic game, but in this league, you know, it's relentless and, and you've got to back that up. There's no, It's no good winning one game like that and then losing the next two or three. You have
0: to be consistent. That's it. And, I mean, talking about that 4-3-3, Yes, Albion didn't have a lot of the ball, but you'd argue that through the performance, and I wasn't at the game, but I watched it on TV, it was more enjoyable because it was so direct. Every time Albion had the ball, they looked like doing something.
1: Right, they didn't have the ball, but they were in control. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I want to discuss the possession stat, which is an unfair reflection. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but I I put it in Saturday's paper. It's an unfair reflection of the the way the game went because... The way that they, can, they, the way that they um, calculate possession these days is it's based on passes, not mm-hmm. based on how many times people have the ball. Now if you remember that game, Leeds passed the ball around, zipped the ball around the back a lot, so built up a lot of passes. Albion, meanwhile, breaking at speed. You had Phillips was dribbling, Rodriguez was dribbling, Barnes was dribbling, mm-hmm. Robertson connie was holding the ball up and winning free kicks, no passes involved in those sort of um, scenarios. So you're not building up passes, you're not building up possession. Um, so 28% possession felt low because it was low. It was That's not a fair reflection of how much control they had in the game. And they controlled that game. Yeah. From start to finish, they controlled that game. So um, I think you have to almost discard possession as a misnomer and, and, and believe your eyes. And I think there's been times this season where Alvin had lots of possession but haven't controlled games. Against mm. Leeds, they had hardly any possession controlled controlled the game.
0: That's it. Passes with a purpose as well. Goals were led to by one maybe two passes yeah. they weren't stringing together passes from the back like Leeds were doing yes and when when it comes off it looks great sometimes but if you're passing around the back not only is it frustrating as a fan sometimes watching it and saying what are we actually doing with the ball but it also I mean a lot of the time a team will stand there and be like yes you're moving the ball around but you're not actually penetrating but we've
1: got you where we want to you know exactly. we,
0: we are jockeying you and we and we're, we are manoeuvring the ball to where we want it to be we're,
1: so yeah I, I do think there is that um, you know um do Albion have the deep lying playmaker in central midfield to play that role that is required if you're going to play passing football I'm not sure I don't know I don't know if they do to be honest um we look we wait and see how they go forward I think I think ideally you you what you do is you develop that side of the game mm-hmm. from a strong base from a back four from almost from a 4-3-3 three, three. and yes you pass it around and once your confidence is up you go for you, you start to zip it around a bit more and players naturally become a bit more um, you know um, sharper just through you know sheer confidence yeah you know, they're not thinking yeah. they're not thinking about every single touch so um but I think it has to I think if they want to learn that it has to come from a posi- from a strong base and I think they they struck on that base against Leeds and I think they need to um, I believe that they should continue down that route and yes by all means slowly develop it over time but uh, I think I think at times this season they've been guilty of trying to go too far too quickly if you know what I mean
0: Yeah I suppose the only question is whether it allows Albion to put all their best players on the pitch
1: Yeah I mean it's it's a difficult question I think selection this week um, Robson-Carnham does not deserve to be dropped in my opinion mm. he was fantastic against Leeds I don't know what message that would send to the rest of the squad and then you've got Dwight Gale who is you know your best striker your well your most lethal striker looked sharp when he came on as well yeah he scored his goal um I don't know what you do I've said this in the video I genuinely don't know what you do
0: it's a tough one isn't it because you've got you've got this wealth of riches especially in an attacking sense And, and it does does raise questions but that's why we're not football managers, and that's why Darren Moore's got to make that exactly. Decision. This is
1: where you earn your crust. This is how. This is where you become a, a good manager, and you manage the the, the expectations of your squad, and, and you keep everyone happy, and you you keep that team dynamic going.
0: Mm. Curious as well. Which which st- style of win did you prefer more, the Leeds one or like the QPR Stoke style? I preferred. I, you talk about style.
1: Um, which game did I prefer Leeds? Because the reason I prefer the Leeds game is because. I went in it with no expectation. I thought Leeds were going to were going to batter them in the same way that Derby did. I thought Leeds were tailor made to, to beat Albion playing the, the old formation. And what Darren Moore did, not only surprised me, but um, it was almost a coming of age performance for him. I thought, yeah. um, a tactical switch um, that that showed, as I said earlier, that he that he wouldn't be stubborn. So that's why I preferred it. Whether I, you know, I'm not saying I prefer that direct style of play. I think it's genuinely exciting when it's when it's going. You know, when yeah. you've got Matt Phillips hairing up the pitch at pace, that gets me excited. When you've got Barnes hearing up the pitch at pace, that gets me excited. Um, I think there is pace and power in this team that could could be used to great effect. Um, that being said, you know, look at the Stoke game where Gibbs and Gale waltzed through the team with a with a lovely goal. Um, it's hard not to enjoy that either. So, um, as I said earlier, it's about mastering both. Mm. Um, if they can do that, they'll be a force. But uh, that's easier said than done.
0: Yeah, certainly okay. is. And James Morrison is a man who, who thinks that teams are beginning to fear Albion. Um, do you think that's the case? Do you think a lot of teams now, especially when they're coming to the Hawthorns, they come thinking, if we can get a draw here, this is going to be a great result? I think the teams that have feared Albion. Have almost beaten themselves before they played them. Mm.
1: Um, I think the teams that have shown been fearless, like Derby, yeah, Wigan, um, have actually Hull, who went who went for them in the first half, have actually come away with something. So I think Morrison's correct. Teams will fear their front their front line because they have got the best attack in the league. Uh, you know, the goals themselves suggest that statistically, yeah. And the fact that Gail, Rodriguez, Barnes, Phillips... I mean, I can't think of a better four, to be honest. So, yes, they will fear them. Um, but I think it's the ones that have have tried to fight fire with fire, like Derby did, that have had joy. Um, Graeme Souness makes a very um, erudite point about football. He's essentially saying tactics on formation is like having a duvet that's too small for you. Yeah. So if you pull it up over your head your legs are exposed if you put put it down over your legs your head's exposed mm-hmm. so whatever system you play whether it's a 3412 a 433 um a 442 whatever system you play and whatever approach you play there will always be weak spots that you can exploit you know and in a 3412 as we've seen um, it's those um, center backs either side of the middle one that get exposed mm. um, you can uh, get overloads there in a 433 you can get overloads on on the on the full backs because there's, there's not if it's not done properly, um, there's, you know there's not enough men there. It's the same with every system. There will all there will, it, there will always be an area where you can be exposed by a different system, by a different formation, by better players. Um, but it's about you know finding that right that right system that suits the traits and the strengths of your players, and then reacting to what you come up against. Yeah, and that's essentially football management.
0: That's it right there. Uh, detailed explanation. <laughs> um, let's talk about that front four as well, quickly. If you were coming up against Albion, say you were the manager of Swansea or whoever Albion happens to be facing, uh, who would you fear most?
1: Out of Albion's team? Yeah.
0: It's um, a good
1: question. I would probably, f- I'd probably fear Barnes the most because I think he's got the best close control. Um, on the run although Phillips when he's on his day is unplayable mm. um, I think players are used to playing against strikers like Gale and Rodriguez not used to it but I think defenders are aware that Gale is nippy and uh, can pop up with a goal at any point and, but it's when, Pete, when defenders are, hate it when players run at them yeah. and that's what Barnes and, and Phillips are, are, are brilliant at so I think those two are the ones that would probably scare them, the majority of more than Gale in some ways, even though Gale probably gets better results, if you know what I mean, in terms of goals scored and whatever. I think those two they put the frighteners in
0: uh, in people more. As a Villa fan and knowing that Villa come up against West Brom, my priority as a fan would be to stop Harvey Barnes. I think would it? for me when Barnes plays well, Albion. You over, see, at their I,
1: best. I would I would say when Phillips plays well, Albion are at their best. And mm. maybe even when Jake Livermore plays well, Albion at be like their best. Do you know what I mean? I mm. think yeah, it's it's almost I think Barnes can conjure a moment of magic out of nowhere. Yeah. Um but I think he's got that sort of youthful I don't want to say inconsistency because he's been consistent, but he's got that sort of youthful um okay, I'll try three things. Two of them won't come off and then the third one will. Yeah. Whereas Phillips, if he's on it, I can't think of a. I mean, maybe, maybe at a push, Hernandez. But I can't think of a better wide player in in, in the league than than him. Um, definitely not Balassi or anyone like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. It's all right. He has, he's he's not started well a start game yet. No, but he's done okay, hasn't he? He's he's, come, he's done all right when he's come on from. Um, right, let's quickly talk about this EFL TV deal because it's um one of the stories which. Has rattled on a little bit now, and Albion amongst Leeds and Villa uh, are not very happy about this new TV deal, which was sorted out the other day. Five hundred ninety-five million, five-year deal, thirty-five percent up on the current agreement, which was in place. Why aren't Why aren't Albion happy, Matt? Because they don't think it's um, enough. They don't think it fairly re- re- represents
1: or reflects how much the championship is worth. I mean, if you look at it as a Compared to the Premier League deal, you know it's about it's about a tenth of the size of that. Mm. Um, It's yes, it's five hundred ninety-five million pounds, which sounds like sounds like a lot of money, but that's spread across five years. Yeah, and then it's paid to all seventy-two clubs in the EFL. So the actual increase that they're getting is not very much, and the and it's for more televised games, so that it decreases that even further. Um, Considering the um, growing. Um, I want to say entertainment value and also quality of the championship. Um, I think that the clubs have got a point. I don't think the EFL have negotiated a strong deal. Mm -hmm. Um, This basically boils down to the fact that the EFL um, are almost allowing Sky, not allowing Sky, but they, they see Sky as the only sort of buyer in town. Yeah. Whereas... These clubs are arguing There's plenty of other markets that could be explored. You know, Amazon, Facebook, whoever. Um, maybe even Radrozani's eleven sports. I mean, but there would be a conflict of interest there. Perhaps I don't, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I don't. I, I would tend to agree that they don't have. Uh, they don't. They haven't been given um, a good deal when you when you just when you just compare it to the Premier League deal. Yeah, um, I think. The Premier League deal is almost um, built on on the the pull and the lure of the big six. Who, if you if they're, one of them play, if one of their those teams are playing, you know the viewing figures are over a million. Sometimes one point one and a half million. They yeah, can, if it's a massive game, it could even go up to two million. So that's huge. But if teams outside the top six are playing each other, we're talking about five hundred thousand. Yeah, um, and the Championship games are capable of getting that or near that um, especially for the likes of Leeds or Villa I'd oh, yeah. argue
0: West Brom Villa in a couple of weeks time will do better than say
1: a Cardiff Huddersfield well I wonder we'll see I mean Cardiff the lowest I think the lowest so far this season is about 400,000 for Cardiff um, whatever ha- Cardiff Burnley I think it was Yeah, I'd be really interested to see um, what West Brom Villa gets um, considering it's at West Brom there'll be a lot of Villa fans that will be watching it I imagine Yeah. so um, yeah we'll we wait and see but um it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting question. I personally would not don't want to see a breakaway league. I wouldn't I wouldn't like to see that happen. Um, because then I think you're going down the roots of Premier League too. Yeah. And I don't think that helps anybody. I think it you know the way that the Premier League is, has been uh, has almost evolved and grown over the last twenty years has has been a detrimental impact to the whole of the football league, non league, grassroots, everything. So um, I don't want to see a breakaway league. I just want, personally, I want the the um, the gap between the top tier and, and the rest of the EFL to to be um, significantly uh, narrowed um, because I think it deserves to be. Um, yeah. you know, I think I, I I do I do think that football fans are, be, are becoming indoctrinated in this country where you know Sky who by the way, they have the rights to the EFL and they, they've just paid this deal. Yeah, They call they call um, the, the the football league, the wilderness, you mm. know, that's how they, that's how they describe it. And they call the premier league, the promised land. And yes, it's the top two of English football. So obviously it's the, it's where everyone wants to be, but that's, that, um, that sort of terminology doesn't, I don't think that helps anybody. Um, Bar- barring the Premier League, or <laughs> well, barring the Premier League clubs, and you know it's, 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 it's a big problem that um, I think English football is going to have to deal with over the next sort of five, ten years because you've got um, a, a Premier League which used to sell itself on its competitiveness is now not competitive. You've got five teams that. Beat everybody, and just because Manchester United are going through a blip, it's you know they should really be beating everyone as well. Yeah. it's so their their resources are so much bigger than everyone else's, and it it's no longer. I mean, it's, you still hear it now on on radio stations. Oh, Premier League's so competitive. Well, it's not. It, it's competitive in the sense that you've got three teams going for the title, which is ex- exciting. Yeah, but there's never going to be another Leicester. What's competitive is the championship
0: when you've got sixteen, 16 teams. teams
1: going for going for going for promotion. So um, that's competitive. So I, I look. I don't know. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what the future is. Um, but there's there's going to be some. There probably will have to be some big some big changes in the English football over the next sort of five ten years.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you. And the one thing I would say about the Premier League nowadays, it seems to me like it's being sold. More by the players as opposed to anything else. People like to see the big names. They see Eden Hazard. They see you know you Rashford. They see Lukaku. Whoever. Oh,
1: you want to see good players play good football. And don't get me wrong. You know you. I don't know if you was it Liverpool, Chelsea. It was an absolute cracking game. Yeah. And you, you know those. It is better. It is better football. There's there's no there's no there's no getting around it. It's much better. It's a much better quality product than the Championship. Um, particularly when you've got those teams playing. Yeah. But um, whether it's still as competitive as as it as it as it used to be, I'm not. I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, certainly not. And I suppose the only other issue for these big clubs in the championship is that you know you see Leeds, West Brom, Villa—they're on TV almost every two or three weeks. Mm. No disrespect to you know some of the teams lower down, but your QPRs, for example, they're not going to be on the box every other week, and the fact that teams like that will be getting a similar level of pay yeah. from these tv deals to the likes of West Bromville that's another sticking point isn't it
1: i think it's part of the problem um i you know i think um you know as i said earlier the next five games for Albion: are friday wednesday monday friday friday and that's not great for the for the everyday fan and and if if these clubs i mean i'm, I'm not entirely sure how ma- how many of these clubs have got their fans interests at heart but it probably is part of it. Mm. Um, you know, the fact that actually the fans that come to our games are not being looked after by this and the, the paltry amount that we get given for being picked for, for live TV, £100,000 for a home game, £10,000 for an away game, it's not worth
0: it. That's pennies, isn't it? Yeah. Considering the costs of some of the, some of these teams have got and it doesn't help that Midweek games are now, you know, pretty much all of them on the red button. Exactly. That's another that that is which is killing attendances.
1: Well, that's what the clubs claim, yeah. That's what they say. Yeah.
0: So uh, plenty to talk about there, and it's one which I'm sure will rattle on. Uh, let's quickly talk about Raheem before Raheem R- 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 Harper. Sorry, before we get to questions. Um, Albion won him a new deal. Could he end up being another Tyler Roberts? I suppose that's a worry.
1: That's the concern, isn't it? I mean, Raheem Harper is out of contract at the end of the summer,
0: at the end of the season. Sorry.
1: And um, West Brom have have begun or opened talks. It's early, really early stages, I think, but uh, they want to get him tied down to a a new deal, a long-term deal. You know, Darren Moore's proven that he he, he likes Joaquim. He played played him in Central Midfield for all three Carabao Cup games. Brought him on for his Championship debut the other day against Leeds. Um, And he's a very talented boy. He's he's playing for England under-19s at the moment during this international break. Um, and he looks like he's got the full package um, obviously it's early days he's still only 18 he's got a lot to learn I still think he could do with a loan spell Yeah.
0: Um,
1: he went to Blackburn last season didn't play many games um, whether he could get another League One club and and, and really tear it up You know, he might go to Warsaw following the footsteps of Jack Fitzwater who's come on leaps, leaps and bounds at Warsaw. Um that, that would be a good move I think something like that um, but I think first and foremost they want to get him tied down because obviously um, the Tyler Roberts one was slightly different because um, I think West Brom agreed to that so that they could facilitate the, the loan move for Daniel Sturridge yeah. um, which um, obviously turned out to be an absolutely disastrous decision but I still think um, you would probably make it if you were in that situation again because although Sturridge ended up doing exactly what everyone thought he would do which was get injured and score no goals he does have the quality to potentially...
0: You've got to roll the dice Yeah
1: yeah, in, that, in a position that they do. were in I mean, at I'd, the time. And... Yeah, I think it's it it's very galling the fact that he's started the season so well for Liverpool and, and and even before he joined West Brom he was he played so well. I mean it just seems like he maybe didn't care about West Brom, which is a real shame. Um but and maybe perhaps the, the coaching staff at the time should have done a bit more homework and, and maybe identified that. But look, I don't know. Um it's it's it happened, and and Roberts has, has gone on um, to Leeds, and you know it, at some stage these these promising players need to play for West Brom because we've got um, you know obviously Kimar Roof moved on. Um, I don't, but at the time you know he wasn't ready. I mean he moved to a League Two club, I think he was. Yeah. Um, when West Brom won the Premier League, you know he's there since worked his way back. So that's a slightly different scenario. I mean. You, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a positive thing that these players go on to do, to achieve things, isn't it, really? You don't want them to fall out the game. So, um, But it would be nice for Albin to force some of these players like Sam Field or Akeem Harper or Carl Edwards, for them to to become West Brom seniors um, mm. in years to come would, would would be good. I think the academy needs that because they are producing good players. Obviously Sada Barahino is the case in point and he he um, okay, he had his own difficulties, and it all blew up in the end, didn't it? But yeah. for a, for a period, he was the star striker, the star man at the club. Um, he came through the academy, so I'd like to see a couple more um, following in his footsteps up to a point.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose one question fans will be asking is: they see that his contract's up in the summer. Why, why are Albion leaving it? Say say late. It's but... not
1: late. I mean, do you think he signed a two year deal? Uh, when he went to Blackburn last summer, and we're now um, just what are we? We're, we're in November. Mm. Um, it's not late because he's only he's only just sort of gone a year through that deal. Um, he's still very young, so you're you you know, you're never sure with young players. You want to make sure that they've 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 got what it takes. I think Rakeem may have proven himself a little bit in that those Carabao Cup matches. Yeah, um, and yeah no i don't i don't think it's late i think if we get if we were talking in march would yes that's late but um uh no i think i think now's the time to do it um and hopefully he's he's minded to stay i mean you never know because he might want to go out, go out and get games you know he might've seen i know it's a different scenario and and it's a, a quite a big step down but the likes of jaden sancho is you know um, going out and getting getting minutes and, yeah. and, and and playing well and even maybe Tyler Roberts and Keemar Roof and he's thinking yeah that's what I need to do I need to play and not not even having a bad thing to say about West Brom but if you look in you know, just the, the stark reality of his own career and he, he owes it to himself I mean if you look at West Brom's midfield at the moment you've got James Morrison you've got Jake Livermore you've got Gareth Barry Darren Moore's been playing Chris Brunt in there you've got Sam Field Mm. Uh, they're all ahead of him at the moment. We've got Matt Phillips is now playing central midfield as well. So there's a lot. Of, I mean, that's a lot of competition to get through, um, and he might think I'm better served going and getting games elsewhere. I personally think he should have been sent out on loan um, before the season started, but you can understand why he wasn't. Gareth Barry's 37; he could break down any moment, I suppose. James Morrison wasn't completely back to full fitness. He's now back to yeah. full fitness, but you know he's had his problems. Um, Chris Brunt is 33 I think so Sam Field's only 20 so then you've got perhaps they were thinking well we've only got Jake Livermore who is actually we can definitely rely on for that central midfield role yeah. um, so we, we might need Rakim. Um so you can understand why um, particularly with so many games you know it's three game weeks all the time you can understand why they kept these youngsters in the building but um it's not great for their um, for their own development because they need to be playing senior games.
0: Certainly do. Right, let's get on to questions. Paul Chappell asks the first one. Does Switzerland switch to a 4-3-3 against Belgium when 2-0 down, which greatly contributes to their 5-2 win, mean three at the back, even amongst the elite, is easily counteracted?
1: Oh, I didn't see the Switzerland game.
0: I saw the result I saw and the I, result. Was, I must admit I was shocked, but in terms of England, it was great. I
1: didn't see the game, but... As I think, as we spoke about after the Derby game, you know, four three three, pressing high against a back three will get you results against such a formation. Mm. As I said earlier, every system has got um, its weak points, and yeah, I think. Um, but I would argue that a four three three is easily is easily counter counteracted, or even maybe a a four four two is a bit too predictable. You know, mm. there are problems with every system. I don't think there's. I don't think. Um, I think if, rather than the formation, it's about how you apply it. If you know what I mean, it's not just a. It's not just a, um, a catch-all. You have to actually uh, carry out the uh, the system and 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 instructions correctly. Yeah, talking about international. Do you watch the England game? I did watch the England game. Yes. Good, wasn't it? It was very good. Yeah, I was in. Yeah, I was in on Sunday, so I watched it here, and then I had to write a comment piece about it, and it was uh, remarkably. Um, Joyful, which uh, is not something that is usually associated with England, but
0: I suppose we are living in a new era the, the Gareth Southgate era. Yeah, the Gareth yeah. Southgate era. Not bad, looking forward to next summer there. Um, Charlie Swift, if Adderabio continues to improve, should we consider a loan next season or maybe even a permanent deal if it's possible? Um, yes, I mean, yes. A long way to go till summer.
1: Um, any number of things can happen. Um, Adam Bayer could still be recalled by Manchester City in January. I don't think he will be because he won't get anywhere near their team, and he's playing uh, for West Brom at the moment. So I think he'll be staying for the season. Um, but if he carries on, you never know. Um, and if he thinks, well, I'm not. You know, Manchester City have got all this money. They've, you know, they, they're they're buying defenders for 50 million pounds whenever they fancy. Yeah. You know, they've got John Stones and Laporte, who are quite young. I'm never going to get into that team. Um, if West Brom go up, he might think, "Yeah, I'll start. I'll, I'll stay there. I'm, I'm, I'm liked there. I'm playing well there." I think he's a very tidy little player. I mean, he's playing out position at right back, and he's been the most consistent player for the last three games, I'd say. Um, so yeah, I think he's. Um, I'm hoping he can go on and have a good season.
0: Yeah, that's it. And a lot said about City's academy, but I mean, you look at Phil Foden, and he's probably the shining light of that academy. But he, even he's. Not really. Um, he's not starting every week. Put it. That yeah, way. Phil
1: Foden, the first player to have more column inches than minutes. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, I'd, yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, that, it's a very tough ask breaking into the Manchester City team. So um, you never know what will happen. Um, the other, the flip side might be that Manchester City think no, he's good enough, and we'll, we, we'd like to keep him. Thanks. So you know, yeah. he's you in the lap of their hands, really, because he's their player.
0: That's it. Kieran asks, what is the high point and low point of the season so far, and how will this Albion team fare against Mowbray's 07-08 side? The high point was Leeds, the low point was Hull, so sorted.
1: I mean, they're, Simple. They, they've come in the last two games, <laughs> to be honest. Um, how will they fare against Mowbray's 07-08 side? Well, it be a cracking game, we'll probably finish about 5-5. <laughs> um I don't know really. I think I mean I, James Morrison mentioned this after the game against Leeds. He said, "This reminds me of that team. That team won that league, a very competitive league, a very close league, and they were the only team really that 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 scored. They scored a shedful of goals, and that's what won them the league. And I think Morrison says he feels the same sort of thing here. I mean, mm. they they finished that league with 19 more goals than anyone else." So and you can almost—I mean, Albany have got eight more goals than anyone else already. So you can almost see them doing that this season. Um, it's just whether they—and—and they, and even in that year, they lost eleven games. Yeah. Uh, and you can see them doing that this year, to be fair. But um, so yeah, I can see the—I can see the parallels certainly. Um, how would they fare against them? Oh, I think the uh, defense would struggle to to deal with Kevin Phillips. But um, yeah, I think—I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, Score
0: draw. High high scoring yeah, I think, score. Draw. I think it'd
1: be I think
0: it'd be four all or five all. <laughs> That'd be a decent game to watch. Callum Haywood. why have we supposedly got no money to spend in January unless we sell? Where is the money for Chadley gone? Well, I've I've explained this before on the podcast. Um, when you
1: uh, buy players, you don't. Well, very rarely do you. Um, put down the whole money at, at, at that particular point and very rarely do you receive the whole money at that particular point so for example Albion have still got I think it might be one or two payments to pay on Oliver Burke totaling you know I think it's between four and five million mm. they might have paid the second one actually now um, they've still got payments to pay on other players they bought last season I'm trying to think who was that so Kieran Gibbs Jay Rodriguez although he's has he been there two years now no, he's been there one... Oh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> That's put, can, put it, it this way. They've still, it. they've still got payments to pay on certain players. Um, Chadley, if you remember, they bought for 18 million and they sold him for 10. Yeah. So while they um, recuperated some money from that, they didn't actually make a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't received all that money yet. They've received one, one instalment. I think they're getting... Four installments of two point five million, or something like that. So they've received one installment of that so far. Yeah, Um, they're still in an overdraft, and they, um, because of the their the amount that their income has reduced, this well will reduce by the end of this season. It's going down from a hundred million to, it's basically been slashed in half to roughly fifty million. I think it's just under um, when you take into to account parachute payments as well. Um, You've still got a number of players on. On lots on a, on big money, who are on a, a lot of wages. Um, you've still got um, certain players that, or certain transfers that need to be paid for. Don't forget they spent six and a half mil, rising to possible ten for Johnston. Um, they spent another, f- I think it was four mil on Bartley. Yeah. Um, so th- that's where that money's gone. I mean, it's 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 to it's eaten into the or it's it's helped them ease them get out Ease them in the overdraft, but um, even if they buy no one in January, they're going to be they're going to have to take out another another a bigger overdraft in March just to account for these 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 salaries and, and payments. So this it's unfortunately it's the financial um, realization on the financial financial reality of relegation, where this TV money disappears and you have to downsize. And you have to downsize quick. And Albion, unlike Swansea, who sold all their players. Uh, and unlike Stoke, who have um, massive, massive reserves in the bank because they're owned by billionaires, um, and re- I think I've seen today reported a £30 million loss um, yeah. last season, but it doesn't matter to them, it doesn't touch the sides. Um, they they have to be run prudently because Grouch on Lai is not putting money in. I mean, uh, he's made that clear, and he's I think he wants to run it in the same way that he inherited it whether that's right or not remains to be seen um, but they've kept on a lot of their players and okay they've had significant wage reductions but they were on significant wages before that yeah. so it's still quite they're still on quite a lot of money so that's why um, they had to offload Chudley in many ways because um, otherwise they would have been even in much worse Financial straits, and you know, he wouldn't have done anything in the championship anyway, would he?
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, Paul Chappell with another one. Um, does the changing system represent a maturity by Darren Moore and ability to finally recognize when things aren't working?
2: Yeah,
1: as I said, I thought the coming of age performance, I thought it was a signature moment, um, in his career, um, in his, in his, his young managerial career, and it's, it was very encouraging that he's not too stubborn or too proud to change, and um. I'm not surprised actually because he's not a very proud man you know he's a very humble man who who, who would leave all of his own um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for all of his all, he would leave himself at the door you know to, to do anything for anyone else so um, he, 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 he will consistently act in the best interest of the club and um, I have no doubt about that or at least do his best to act in the best interest of the club and I think that's one thing you can guarantee with Darren Moore um, and yeah, I think it was a. I think it was a,
0: a very important win. Jonah asks, "How would Moore and Pardu fare in the jungle?" Um, I think. I think Darren Moore would handle it. You know. I think
1: Darren Moore would be fine. I think he's. You know, he's, he's got back like an ox, doesn't he? He'd, he'd be. He'd be doing all the challenges. He'd be absolutely fine. He'd come back with. What do they have? They like ten gold stars or yeah, something. Yeah, ten he'd come, stars. He'd come back with ten gold stars. Each every challenge, he'd put his hand up for every challenge. I'm um, a bit concerned about. The amount of food, because you know whether he actually gets
0: <laughs> rice and beans. Where every he, day. Well, I
1: think I think you know he's a big bloke, Darren. I think he needs he probably needs quite big portions. Um, so I'd be a bit concerned about that. Um, pards, I would pards. I don't know. I think he'd, I think he'd be okay, but I think he'd um, he'd uh, be on the lookout for uh, a party any, any chance.
0: do You reckon there'd be some disenchantment in the camp?
1: no uh, no I don't think so I think he'd I think he'd um, I don't know I don't know (laughs) I think I think he'd I think he'd um, strike up friendships with uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, people in there he'd be be a bit of a cheeky chappy could you hack it the jungle
0: yeah if you were a celebrity celebrity journalist Matt Wilson I uh, no I I don't think I could hack any of that sounds horrible no, I'd, I'd give it a go would you you, yeah, you want to go. go into the jungle do you well I'm not a celebrity so I think you've got to be you know you earn a fair bit as well Harry Rennap he's earning quite a bit doing that you know is he 500k apparently well I'd,
1: no, it's, no, that sort of thing's not for me I don't even watch it I
0: can't help it I'll watch you know, I'll, I'll be tuning in 9 o'clock every day will you yeah yeah, yeah. Me, me and the missus sit down at 9 o'clock watch uh, a bit of I'm a celeb it's trash disapproval <laughs> disapproving look yeah, there yeah. from that awesome it's fine mate don't worry um uh, GWBA uh, is the club's position against the new Sky deal just due to the overall payments, or does Sky get to broadcast more games or have more influence over scheduling? Is that some other reason why the clubs are rebelling? As we said earlier, I think there's a number of factors at play. I think they don't feel that like the deal
1: is, is 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 big enough or good enough. But I also think that the red button issue, which was almost sort of snuck in under everyone's noses, um, as really put those noses out of joint uh, I think they they're very angry about that um, so yeah I think it's a number of factors
0: mm. Barry Molesdale he asks what what do you think the likelihood is of a breakaway league I know it's something you don't want to see but do you reckon it's likely
1: oh, well never say never but I think at the moment it's probably a bit of sabre rattling from the uh, from the clubs um but you know, you never know. We've seen it happen before, haven't we? With the Premier League, it's yeah. Just, it's just whether I don't. I can't imagine the Premier League agreeing to a Premier League too, because then you then they would have to share their slice of the pie with those clubs. So I don't. I don't see why they would vote for that. So that I don't see how it how it happens personally.
0: Mm. Connor Shawell, who do you think is our top scorer this season? Well, I know who the top top. Scorer. Oh, I mean, by the end. Of, I oh, by the end, of, by the se- the end oh, of the
1: season, uh, Gail probably.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that one. Uh, and lastly, Crapello. Moza plays at pace and looks forward. Brunty slows the game down and passes sideways. Who should play? Discuss. Brunty doesn't pass sideways. That's
1: wrong. He passes forward. He's one of the. He. He's not a central midfielder, and he lets runners um, go past him too easily. Um, I think Morrison. I'd rather see Morrison play there but but I don't think you can argue I don't think you can say Chris Brown passes sideways Mm. I don't think that's a fair I don't think that's a fair assessment of him at all I think he's when he's played in that role he's one of the few not one of the few players but one of the players on the pitch that passes forward he's always firing the ball into Barnes and firing the ball into into Rodriguez sometimes doesn't come off um, but I don't think you can I don't think you can level that argument at him Um, Morrison passes forward as well that's one of the reasons I like him I think he's He's always looking forward. He seems to have that extra second on the ball that that, that others don't have. He's just a central midfielder, isn't he? I thought he's fantastic against Leeds. I'd like to see Morrison keep his place in central midfield, um, and you know maybe play in that midfield three alongside Livermore and, and and Phillips, or alongside Livermore and Barry. Or I'm not, you know, I don't know, but um, I don't. I, yeah, I I think it's I think Brunt's been come a, under a bit of unfair stick, really, because. Um, he he's not as mobile as, as others, but mm. that's that's because he's 33. Um but what you can what you what you can't level against him is the fact that he plays he plays the brave balls that others necessarily not, might not necessarily do. I mean Livermore's been good mainly this season, but he does ferry it out to the wings, whereas Brunt fires it forward into the strikers and into Harvey Barnes. Um and he plays brave passes. Um, whereas others don't, and he's not af- he's not afraid to do that. And sometimes when those passes don't come off, he gets uh, lambasted. Um, like I said, for me, I still think I'd rather have Morrison in there. I think he's a more complete central midfield player. But I do think Brunt's got a bit of an unfair stick this season.
0: Mm. Um, and I've just found one more from Carl Jones. Actually, he asks, "What was the point in signing Bakary Sacco?
1: It's uh, a well, it's a bit harsh because it's been what three. Hasn't had too long to
0: impress just yet, has he? No,
1: I mean, he's had one start and one substitute appearance. He was dreadful against Hull. He was. um, He was okay against uh, Blackburn the week before. But it's a long old season. We've got 30 games left, you know, or 29. Uh, Could be 31 or 33 if you get in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: So um, I wouldn't be writing him off so quickly. Yeah, I'd, I'd bank on him having some sort of, some sort of impact if he's uh, getting time on the pitch. Um, from one striker to another, uh, Dwight Gale, you spoke to him last week, um, got an interesting clip from him, which we're going to load into his podcast now. Um, for those of you that read the interviews with, with him, this will be you know a portion of that, but if you haven't, then uh, it should be enlightening for you, so you can tune into that now.
1: You've uh, really hit the ground running, Dwight. I mean, do you feel like... West Brom have sort of taken to
2: you. The fans seem to have taken to you really well. How are you finding it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, it's been fantastic for me so far. I'm really thankful for the fans and the media and the players and just everyone around around the, the football club. I think um, they've really opened me, uh, welcomed me with open arms, and they've been really supportive. And I think that's that's helped me on the pitch. And hopefully, I can continue to reward them with success. It's-
3: so, we spoke to Graham Jones a few weeks ago, and he said um, uh, a happy Dwight Gale is a is a is a confident Dwight Gale, and, and one that will score goals. And obviously, that's that's clearly what what you're doing. You're obviously pretty happy with with the setup here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed it so far. It's, um, it's been it's re- really uh, exciting football we've been playing, and I'm feeling really confident playing with some some great players that we've got, and. Um, I'm obviously looking to learn as much as I can from, from the coaches and the, the manager.
1: And what's it like playing in such an attacking team as well? Scoring goals for fun. It's not just yourself. I know yeah. you're top of the charts at the moment, but it's
2: not just you, it? No, I mean, um, we've scored the most goals in, I think, all the top four leagues. So you can see how, how uh, we approach each game and we're really doing well um, attacking. We obviously need to be a, a bit higher up in the table, but hopefully if you continue to... to keep scoring as many goals as we can, hopefully we can do that. You've moved
3: moved one ahead of Jay at the weekend, how's that kind of little personal rivalry uh, shaping up?
2: Um, It's a bit more of a banter, we don't really mention it too much in terms of the actual stat, we more talk about actually passing to each other and stuff, so Mm -hmm. it's just a a friendly bit of banter I suppose and a friendly bit of competition.
1: So on Saturday when you should have slipped you in? And you went for the shot instead and eventually you, you did the back heel.
2: Uh, just a bit of karma really. If you're going to be greedy <laughs> it's not going to go your way. But nah, um, It's a fantastic plan with Jay and obviously we've got some great strikers here and if we continue to do well I'm sure we we'll continue to score goals as a collective.
1: you scored some pretty impressive goals this season. Which one's your favourite?
2: Um, I'd still go with the one against Stoke. It's probably been my most technical goal of my career and Hopefully, obviously, if I keep keep my confidence high, I can keep scoring good goals and keep getting some more. You
3: keep, you appear to be following them with a, a very similar celebration, um, which I think is new this, this season. But, can you explain a little bit about where that's come from?
2: Well, um, we do programs at West Brom that obviously the media take take the footage for, and they obviously done an old film from, I don't know how long ago it was, I'm Ooh. sure you help. for Murder. Darlene
3: long for Murder is a Hitchcock,
2: classical yeah. Hitchcock, 50s, mate. And um, obviously come into the dressing room for the game and I've seen my ugly mug in the front of it and <laughs> the boy started bantering me a bit about it. So when I scored that game, I sort of just started doing it and seemed to sort of click straight away. So I just continued to do it and it's been giving me good luck so far. So I'll continue to do it.
3: Are you a superstitious
2: footballer? Or are you... uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, not too much. I know there's a few boys with a few more strict ones, but I like to try and keep similar routines and to what I do. I think I put my shin pad on the same way. When I started the game, I used to, to, to sort of go up to Sam last sort of thing and sort of handshakes and try and remember what I did the week before if, I, if I'd done well sort of thing. Is, little things.
3: Is there anyone? um in the dressing room, you've gravitated towards more more immediately. Obviously, Jake Livermore's had, had a similar kind of uh, background, kind of li- uh, grew up quite close to each other. Yeah, um, me and
2: Jakey uh, got a, uh, a lot a history sort of thing. We used to play against each other when he was at Tottenham and I was at Arsenal when he was young. And it was just his uncle used to work on my on my road. I used to walk past and see Jakey there as well. So it was just um, really a really weird one when we've we've obviously finally joined and. He's obviously a great guy and I'm getting really well with him. But as I say, all the other boys are great as well and they've really helped me settle in. So how old were
1: you and Jake then when
2: you were you were sort of on the same road? Or... Um, no, so basically me and Jake used to play each other from about 8 to 12 against each other and we obviously knew playing against each other in centre mid was, was a bit of a competition. We used to always go for each other <laughs> in Tottenham and Arsenal. But then um, I used to walk past his shop, his uncle's shop probably when I was... Seventeen, eighteen. 18, so Jake would have been still at Tottenham sort of playing, trying to break into the first team, but I would have probably been around college days, so I used to just go past and say hello if I see him there.
1: I know you've spoken before in the, in the past about obviously being released by Arsenal and then that sort of gave you that desire to to come back. Did seeing Jake still fighting for a place in the Spurs, did that spur you on as well a bit?
2: Um, yeah, of course, obviously you he, when he, he'd be there with his nice Range Rover or his nice car <laughs> it sort of uh, gave you that extra oomph to, to try and progress, I suppose, in the football game.
1: And you, you seem to be really enjoying your football. You seem to always enjoy your football whenever I've seen you, <laughs> massive smile. Do you think your grounding and, and the way that you've come up through the leagues, is that is that because of that, do you think?
2: Yeah, of course, um, coming up. I think the other way has is, is made me appreciate what, what I'm doing and what level I'm playing at and how lucky I am to be playing at this level. To, for people to be turning up to watch you play football is obviously so so lucky, and obviously I appreciate that. But also from a young age, I was so competitive, sort of thing. And I think because obviously I love winning so much, and I think that's that's helped me, give me spurred me on, I suppose.
1: So you and Jake used to play central midfield, is that right? Yeah, what?
2: I used to play centre midfield when I was younger. So now you you've now become a glory. Well, no, front. what happened was I used to play up front when I was young, young. Then I lost my pace, so I had to go to midfield. And then it came back when I was about eighteen, and now it's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> was was Jake a, a tank back then as well? Or was he? Yeah, but there was a bigger guy they used to have in midfield as well, called So. I think it was, and him and Jake he used to be very tough, yeah, tough opponents.
1: To be nipping around, not Mexicans like
2: that. Uh, tried to, but th- they used to beat us most of the time. To be fair, they, they was a good team. They had a good team.
3: Ask you a bit more about your um, your, your parent club, Dwight. I mean, you, you've kind of um, picked up from where you left off in the championship with Newcastle. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you have, I know strikers try not to say about targets and stuff like that, but I think you scored 23. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're well on track for that particular tally. I mean, do you have something in mind? Would you like to, to try and beat um, of that? Of course, song? yeah,
2: I'd like to to beat it, but ultimately, oh, the most important thing for me is just to, to get promotion I know it might sound cheesy or whatnot but ultimately the end goal is to to get promoted into for the team to be successful I mean we could be sitting at the end of the season I've scored 30 goals if we come seventh then I'm not going to be happy or we get knocked out in the playoffs it's not not going to be a successful season I'd much rather be there with 17 18 goals whatever it is and we've actually won the league or we've come in the top two or we've won the playoff
3: do you think Albion have have got the talent um, to Yeah, to, uh, definitely. To Obviously, get this
2: we, season? yeah. I think we perhaps haven't had the best few last few weeks, and we're going to have to go back to the drawing board and assess w- what we need to do. And we we definitely got the the quality in players, and the the belief, that the the togetherness is, is there. We just need to perhaps um, just go back to square one, address what we need to do, and go from there. Yeah. Can you
1: give us an insight into what? So what
2: happened last week
1: in the training ground? Because the the performance on Saturday was well, was, I thought it was the best of the season. It was completely yeah, it
2: was a fan- it was a really really fantastic performance. I mean, even from from the boys on the side it was was absolutely buzzing, and absolutely, everyone was cheering ridiculously. Like <laughs> it, was, it was it was a crazy, and the game just was really good to watch. The intent that we showed, I think, obviously the training was. Was very intense in the week, and the coaches put on the right drills for us to to press where we could and mm. to sit mm. off when we needed to. And I think the boys took that on perfectly, the game plan, and I think we played it to perfection really. I yeah, think you were on the you were warming up when the
1: third goal went in, and you were celebrating as much as the rest of them.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, all the boys are are, are pulling in the same direction, and everyone's just as happy to see the, the other players do well and. Everyone's
0: cheering each other on. So an interesting take from him, Matt. What were your impressions of him? I know you put a tweet out saying he was cheeky, you know, a cheerful guy. Um, anything more than that you'd say about Mr Gale? He's really
1: humble, which is, which is what's striking. Um, his humour was sort of self-deprecating, you know. He was joking mm. the fact, about the fact that he, he'd lost some pace and that Gareth Barry was quicker than him and, huh. and you know, when. When I asked a, I asked a bit of a cheeky question about whether he thinks he'd get back in the team, considering how well how Robson Carney and, and the front three played, and and his response was, you know, was was fantastic. He said, you know, I just hope that we keep winning games, and I I just come on and get my uh, my um, token goal at, end, at the end, like I did against Leeds, and everyone's happy. I mean, honestly, he seems like an absolute salt of the earth, um, grounded guy who has come up through non-league you know he's done it he's done it the uh the hard way he knows um he knows what it, what it's like to work his way up from the essex senior league to non-league to league one to championship all the way up to premier League um i think there's he he has um yes he's cheeky and yes he he's, he's quite an infectious character with his, you know he's got a very infectious grin and he likes to 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 joke but he never he, he doesn't strike me as someone that would ever be um that would ever cause any disagreements. It's all so it's all very nice and good natured and mm. he just seems like a real team player. I mean I think you've seen that throughout the season. Um what he cares about is um he doesn't seem very selfish at all, which is remarkable for a striker or, you know, he seems like a like a, like a there's no sort of ego there. Um it just seems like a a, like a nice bloke I mean he's got two young children so um, I wonder if you know fatherhood's probably mellowed him out a bit and he's yeah. he's yeah he just seems he seems like a like, like someone who's who also takes responsibility you know we spoke to him briefly about his reputation for being um, not so good in the Premier League compared to the Championship and his response was yeah but you've got to prove yourself and if you don't then people will have every right to have their opinions and yeah you know, that, that was such a mature response to that because others, would you could be forgiven. And there, and there is a, a body of thought that he hasn't really been given the chance,
0: mm.
1: um, particularly in starting 11s. Yeah. Um, and particularly for teams that create that many chances, you know, uh, play for Palace and Newcastle. Um, and did, did they suit his style? Not sure. Did he really get that many minutes on the pitch? Not sure. Was his scoring record really as bad as everyone thinks? Says it is. I don't think so. So um,
0: he could have bitten at that question. Quite, yeah, quite, quite easily,
1: quite easily. But he was very. Um, that's the way you asked him, though, isn't it, Luke? That's but it. It's but it. But he was very. Um, yeah, he took responsibility. And I like. I like that about him. He seems. He seems like a good uh, a good egg, and I just, I'm you know hoping beyond hope really that. He has a cracking season for West Brom fires them up and then decides that yeah I quite like it around here and he and he and he decides to stay um
0: about a long way to go before that if the season was twin to tomorrow and Albion were to go up and Newcastle would stay up do you think the clubs made that deal happen um
1: I don't know it depends it depends on a number of factors it depends on who's um in charge of Newcastle it depends on who's the head coach at Newcastle I think if Rafa Benitez is there I think there's a chance because Mm. he seems to prefer Rondon to Gale I think he's more plays his style of play yeah Um, and if Darren Moore's in charge of West Brom I think there's a chance because he seems to get on with 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 Dwight Gale and they seem to be getting a tune out of him Um, I think to be fair to Gale he's he's jumped head first into this Mm. Um, he hasn't been sulky or annoyed that he's had to step down to the championship again. You know, obviously he wanted he wants to play Premier League. Of course he does. And it would have been a, you know probably kicking the teeth when he was told by Newcastle, we need you to to go to West Brom to facilitate this deal. But um, the way that he's thrown himself at the club has been fantastic. So um, yeah, I think there is a possibility that it happens. But um, you know, it's a long way to go. So. Yeah anything can happen in the next sort of eight months
0: and last one on Gail how many goals does he finish with this season if he stays fit for the remainder of the year
1: that's the question isn't he I mean he does get pick up injuries as he has done recently Um, he's on nine already I think he I think he gets over 20 25 I think he could get 25 he got 23 for Newcastle a couple of years ago and he was injured for a little bit of that Uh, I think he I think he could get 25 yeah I mean I'd love to see him get reach 30 it would be fantastic I can't remember the last time anyone reached 30 I mean put it, put it into perspective he's already scored more league goals this season than um, the last anybody has for West Brom in the last three seasons I think
0: how many did Lukaku get on loan uh, oh God, I can't remember now 17 or something but
1: Berahino was the last person to beat him he got 14 in the league uh, under Pulis uh, or, the, or when Pulis first arrived mm the last three seasons i think last season rodriguez and rondon got 7 in the league this is yeah the season before that rondon got 8 and i think he may have got 8 or 9 the season before that so yeah it's it's um he's yeah he's a class act isn't he and yeah. it'd be great for him uh, just for, if he stays long term but for now i think you just enjoy him for the season and
0: and hopefully uh, he, he fires them up fingers crossed absolutely quality at the moment right let's talk Ipswich Town um, Friday 7.45pm kickoff. Uh, don't envy that drive Matt yes although I'm not doing it um, oh
1: yeah That game off for you I will not be there unfortunately I wish I was but I can't make it um, the joys of uh, sky moving <laughs> sky moving uh, t- games for TV means that I am unable to attend this game it's going to be I'm gonna be furious i'm gonna get my sky go loaded up on my ipad and and watch it but
0: yeah i can't i can't uh, who's who's filling something. who's filling your shoes filling i'm not sure shoes? at the moment to be
1: honest i don't know but somebody will be there i'm sure
0: oh, my money's on joe edwards it could be are you going no i won't be there I'm, I'm at the um the second city derby on sunday and i'm having to work in the office on friday okay so someone will be there there will definitely be a very respectable and um well-heeled reporter from the
1: Express and Star in Ipswich, but it won't be me, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, they'll get a, they'll get a win. They should do. They should do.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Right, um, it's going to be a very different game to the one gets leads. Uh, Ipswich, as we mentioned, bottom. Obviously, they've had a managerial switch, so Paul Hirst out. Paul Lambert is a man in. Uh, they've only got eleven points for now, five from safety. Um, it's important to build on that lead, though that win over Leeds though isn't it for Albion that's the, that's the main thing here continuing to win even if it might be a slightly different route yeah they've got to back
1: it up they've got to back it up I mean, this, this is the worst team in the league they are five points adrift they got to back it up um, it's important to build on that that win against Leeds and build up some confidence build up some momentum and, and get going again because um, yeah I, I you know one one defeat against Ipswich and all the doom and gloom will be back
0: that's it do you reckon three at the back comes back in I mean it's a a team which you think I hope not it's a team though where you think the three at the back more look at it and say the three at the back will probably be more effective do you think no I hope not I think I I don't care about the opposition in this
1: situation at the moment I think the players themselves look more comfortable playing four at the back play four at the back you can still bomb on and be attacking I mean you can still ask Gibbs to fly up the left wing and he probably still will Mm. but just give that confidence to your defenders and your centre-backs in particular.
0: I I hope they don't go back to three of them. Fingers crossed there from Matt Wilson. Any changes you expect to see? Do you reckon Dwight Gale comes in? or? That's the big one, isn't it? Does Dwight Gale return?
1: Does Gareth Barry return? I don't think you could really change it after Leeds. I don't think Gareth Barry comes in for any of those players. I'm not sure... I don't know about Dwight Gale, maybe he does, but we'll wait and see.
0: Right, so we finish up with our competition as always. Go on then. Right, three games. Uh, For those of you who listen regularly, you all know the deal now. Uh, We pick three anytime goal scorers from three games over the weekend. Uh, We will pick the players for you. If all three of them come in, a random listener who will be picked on Friday afternoon, considering that West Brom's game is on a Friday. Uh, if if all three people score then that person wins an Albion shirt with the name and number of their choice right first game Albion versus Ipswich Matt Wilson give me an anytime goal scorer please considering he didn't score against Leeds I'm going to go for Jay Rodriguez Jay Rod and the second game Spurs versus Chelsea in the Premier League Spurs versus Chelsea in the Premier League
1: hmm Um. I will go with Maratta.
0: Alvaro Morata.
1: He's got a bit of form recently, hasn't he?
0: He has done, yeah. He's done. He's done better recently in the last one. It's a big one: Villa versus Blues.
1: Villa Blues. Who's going to score in that? I'll go for Che Adams.
0: Che Adams, unbelievable. What a choice. At least, you, the, odds, at least the odds will be high. I was always going to go for a Blues player, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew you were. It's better, better than you know, boring. Choice. The odds won't be high. Adams has got eight goals this season. Yeah, he got a hat treat with it, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. The odds won't be high. Oh, I dunno, mate, I reckon Bil Vidal Transom. With your dodgy back line, I'm not sure. Yeah, and my my claret glass is on at the moment <laughs> as well. But no, Matt, that that about wraps it up for us. Um unless you've got anything to add, we'll uh, we'll be leaving the Albion Faithful for a little bit and uh No have, well, to, have to wait another week for another podcast.
1: No, um if you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you've listened, that'd be great. It helps us with something, I don't know what it is. Rankings on iTunes. Rankings no, on yeah. iTunes, thank you Luke. Um yeah, and if you if you've got any feedback that you'd like to give us,
0: please do. Right, that's about it. Good luck to the Albion on Friday. Enjoy the trip and hopefully you listen to this podcast on the way, you know, save you save you some time there. So uh from me, from Matt, goodbye and good luck to Albion.